welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast number 48. Am I still allowed to say Happy New Year? Yes. yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year for the rest of the month. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mo. I'm here with Elle as always. Don't forget the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out now. It's our 2000. And, I only said 13 for some weird reason there. That's Two, weird, isn't it? 2019 preview. I'm always living in the past. Uh, <laughs> featuring the mighty Ozzy Osbourne on the cover. He's obviously just about to embark on his No More Tours 2 tour. There's no way of saying that without it sounding No stupid. more tours to tour. Uh, Judas Priest on that as well. What a night that's going to be. Um, we've got a world exclusive interview with the Prince of Darkness. He candidly talks to us about his final, well, in, in kind of uh, air quotes, final tour and the end of his career. Uh, he goes into stuff about the Osbournes and his early partying days. It's really in-depth interview. Dom Lawson did a bang-up job on it. It's really good. It's emotional. It's proper. And it'll make you want to blast out Diary of a Madman very, very loudly indeed. Go pick it up now. Um, and like I said, there's our 2019 preview in there as well. We've got brand new interviews with Megadeth, Killswitch Engage, Venom Prison, Code Orange, anyone that's worth talking to, anyone doing anything uh, worth knowing about in 2019, we get stuck into it. Um, and we've got a special Aussie bundle due out very, very soon as well. So if you're an Aussie super fan, you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled on metalhammer.com because we've got something really cool coming up that we're going to be uh, unveiling imminently. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Go get it. Please. Come at me, year. Come at me, year. <laughs> What's been going on in the world of metal, though? Mark Morton has released a new single featuring Chester Bennington. Yeah. It's called Cross Off. This is from his solo record, Anesthetic. Okay. And he's got an all-star cast. Do you want to hear who's involved? I do want to hear who's involved. Okay, I'm going to have to take a really deep breath. Okay. <gasps> Chester Bennington, Jacoby Shaddix, Mark Lanigan, Chuck Billy, Miles Kennedy, Josh Todd... Randy Blythe. How did he get Randy Blythe on there? <laughs> Who knows? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Alyssa White Glues. Wow. That's proper, isn't and it? And there are some other musicians in there as well. They're the guest vocalists. So before we talk about the actual track, obviously a uh, very big deal to hear um, Chester's voice again on, on a song. But um, I mean, what, what do you think about this kind of stuff? Because guitarist from a band goes and does a solo album, gets some of his mates involved. Oh, it's quite rare where it kind of is anything that can ever stand up to their day job, isn't it? Yeah, because you've always got that in and mind. And I've not heard this yet, so I'm not passing judgment. You've but... always got that in mind, especially if it's a band that you really love, because you are kind of thinking, I would like another record from my favourite band, please. Yeah. And then you get something else, and maybe it's not quite as good, or maybe it's not what you expected. Some people go off and do completely different kinds mm. of side projects. But, but... this is good. The, yeah? <laughs> Have you heard the album? Yes. Okay, well, let's talk about the, the Chester song first, I reckon, because that's just come out. I thought that it was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Chester, just some screaming in it. Yeah, yeah, um, kind of going back to those kind of, uh, some of the earlier... Um, it's the uh, first track on the record, which I think says a lot. I think it is quite respectful almost to have that first. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, it's a nice tribute to put it first. And also, it kind of does set the scene a little bit for the tone of the record I think because you put the song on and about 45 second mark there's a little guitar bit that is pure Lamb of God yeah, like this is Mark so like, this is Mark Morton's solo record right here this is him on it there's no mistaking that and I think it's um, it's weird because anyone who's listened to Lamb of God for more than 10 seconds know that they've got some of the best riffs metal's ever seen but at the same time you don't quite realise how unprepared you are to hear 
those riffs and those grooves with a totally different vocal style over the top of it. So it did take me a couple of listens to click into it. I think because it's just these it's two totally disparate things meshing together. Disparate. Yeah. Disparate. Dis no. Disparate. Like, disparate. <laughs> But you, it's almost like using two different bits of your brain, isn't it? It's like using the bit that you know that is Mark Morton and the bit that you know is Chester Bennington. Yeah, yeah. And instead of trying to isolate them, try to put them together, it's always quite a weird sensation when you recognise those things that you're so used to, mm. that you kind of click into. Yeah, exactly. But it's a cool song. I think it's just, it's like I said, it's a nice thing to have it there. It's a nice tribute. You know, they recorded it together. And Mark... Wanted to get Chester. So they to they on they it. got in the studio together. It wasn't yes. like Chester was said Simpson. They did. So Mark had the idea for the song and wanted Chester to sing on it, and he was a bit like, "Oh, you know, how will we get Chester?" They contacted him. He was up for it. Mark had written a few lyrics, but when Chester and him got in the studio together, they actually worked on a new set of lyrics together. And right. Mark was saying it's not that Chester didn't like them; it's just that he had his own ideas to bring to the table, and he said he was quite humbled by the experience that Chester was very professional, very full of heart, and that they, it was nice that they could actually work together on something rather than it be a song that he's made that Chester is on. So it did sound like it was an actual collaboration, so something that they did together. I saw something really interesting yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, Jamie Jaster um, tweeted and insinuated that it was supposed to be a Jaster track. Really? No. Behold my phone. It's going to read that. this out. I had no idea about this. So um, someone tweeted, uh, obviously Jasta's got his own podcast and his show and stuff, so he's very kind of on the pulse with music and uh, getting involved in the scene. And someone tweeted at Jasta saying, um, you know, yes, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Jamie tweeted, RIP Jasta, shout out to Mark Morton. I should have made it a Jasta track when I had the chance. And this is really interesting. He says, oh, well, I snoozed. I do like the born to bleed, the hate I breed mention though. So there's actually a hate breed referencing lyric in there. That's interesting. So it's quite cool, isn't it? Like, I don't, I mean, I presume that's not a coincidence if it was something that was potentially going to be a Jasta track in the first place, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I spoke to Mark last year and he said he had the lyrics written and then when they came in, him and Chester worked something together. So it's entirely possible that he could have written the lyrics with a reference in and then, mm. you know, it was changed. Yeah, it's so, weird, isn't it? But yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think the last yeah. kind of um, minute and a half in particular when uh, Chester goes full new metal rapid, like yeah. aggressive rapping and those grooves are really popping off, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you said you've heard it, so I was about to say I'm interested to hear it, but I could just ask yeah. you, I guess. What, about the whole record? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's, um, again, those, a lot of the people on it are so prominent. You know, you've got somebody like Mark Lanigan who has that yeah. slow, heavy, dragging voice. Drawly voice. Yeah. And he's talking about um, like the moon on its axis, which is really cool and dark and gothic and totally in my of course you wheelhouse. That out. <laughs> but again, you sort of hear his voice and it's very lush. And then you've got these little flourishes that are very Lamb of God. Uh, Jacoby Shaddock's always just what's the word? He's getting around at the moment, isn't he? He just like balls straight in. He's on with his sensation album as well. Yeah, but he. He's just so good at what he does. He just gets in there and he just does it. And he's just so like, so such positive energy. Like you can't be around yeah. Jacoby for more than 10 minutes and not be stoked. I don't know how he does it. He just keeps that energy level up all the time yeah. in interviews on the stage when he's singing. You know, I think he sort of makes an effort to be that positive person and to be that person bringing that energy. And you can feel that on all his guest spots Absolutely. too. That he comes in and he's just bringing what he's bringing. So that's great. 
And Chuck Billy again, you sort of hear Chuck's voice, you're like, oh, it's Chuck Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Jake yeah, that's what I'd say if I'd heard Chuck Billy. Jake Oney is on that one as well, from Oney. Oh, cool. Um, I don't actually know how you pronounce that. I've always, in my head, it's Oney. Well, after the what d- if it's Oney? I'm not getting involved in pronunciation. But yeah, it's just, it's good. Like I said, you have to marry those things in your head. The fact that you can blatantly tell it's Martin Morton with the fact that he's got some very high pro- profile people in here. But it's, again, it's, it's upbeat music, it's metal, it's modern, it sounds fresh, it's very well produced. Josh Wilbur is the producer, him and Mark worked together. I think it was partly Josh's idea to do it. Mark had some ideas for riffs and for songs that didn't fit with Lamb of God, and Josh has obviously worked with Lamb of God a lot, and he kind of went, yeah, let's do this together. So I'm sure he had a lot of input as well. One thing I do hope is slick. that I hope this isn't good to delay any grand plans for a new Lamb of God album because with them doing that covers album last year and Randy saying in an interview with us yeah. that you know they, they don't really like the, the pro they're not like they don't write, like writing new, new music but they don't like the process of album recording and stuff yeah. um, and obviously Mark's gone off and done this I, I hope I don't know what it means for Lamb of God obviously Randy's on the album so it's not like he said they started work on it he said um, there was a phrase he used, which I can't remember now, which is kind of his phrase for like basically it's a work in progress, and it's very he said it's very rough. He doesn't know what shape it'll take, but there is material for it. So um, yeah. you can also read that interview. Resource material. That's why he called I it. I just found the very interview because you can actually <laughs> read that interview with Mark Morton, uh, as done by Miss Eleanor Goodman in the current issue of Mailhammer. It's out now, so there you go. It's almost like we plan these things. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, cool. Well, I will, I will listen to it at some point. <laughs> It'd be cool if they do one of those things sometimes, like, you know, if Lama got a plane live and they've got some of the guest stars on the bill, like, I'd like to see them do, like, a song from it at some point. I know it's very contentious when Linkin Park did their set with Dead by Sunrise, I want to say. Am I right? Oh, uh, um, Sonosphere. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Things like that can oh, be very God. contentious. But I'd love to just see, you know, it's never going to happen that these guys are going to tour together, I wouldn't have thought, because there's so many people in here, it would be insane. But they but could I'd do something like what Jasta did like a guest, a guest spot at some point, it'd be nice. Yeah, well, you remember when yeah. Jasta did Bloodstock and he brought out, I think Kirk was on, came out on stage, and yeah. um, who else came out on stage? Howard Jones came out on stage and did a track with them as well. Yeah, and it's, so a, little bit, like it's a little bit different because obviously this is Mark Morton and not Lamb of God, yeah, but it'd still yeah, be yeah. kind of cool if at some point some of the people got together and did a song or two. I'd I would support that, that yeah. for sure. Uh, more bands have been added to Bloodstock Festival 2019, um, Soulfly and Insight, what are the odds? <laughs> wow, mm. Mm, amazing, how did Insight get that? Uh, Powerwolf and uh, Swallow, for some reason I bought a character this to Swallow the Sunday, I don't know why. <laughs> Swallow the Sun, that new album is fucking amazing by the yeah, way, cool. it's not out for a couple of weeks I think. Um, we were looking at it, it's unbelievable. We? Looks like it's Powerwolf into Sabaton. I know, on the Friday. It, I, I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but that looks like how the poster has been set up. So if that's true, that's a lot of bombast. It's wolves <laughs> into <laughs> tanks. <laughs> wolves into tanks, what could be better? Resurrection by erection into... I don't know where I'm going with this. It's uh, Panzer Elite. That's Born to Compete, Ghost Division. Ghost Division. I love that da, song. Da, 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 da. Yeah. If you've got some work to get done, that's the song to put on. That's the song to get done, <laughs> especially if you're running tanks around. Um, so yeah that'll be mad Soulfly always great and uh, yeah as I said that new Swallow the Sun album if you like your kind of melodic deathy doom oh my god it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous that's really good what else is going on you'll like this next one now yes I'm really excited about this 
but I don't have an opinion on it yet because I've not heard it or watched it. Trent Reznor <laughs> and Atticus Ross have released their Bird Box soundtrack. Bird Box is a Netflix film, a thriller about thriller not horror. looking at monsters. That's all I know because I've not watched it. <laughs> I've not watched it yet. That, I need to get on this right that now. That actually kind of sounds like, you know, the little like um, mini summaries they do on Netflix. That yeah. almost sounds like, you know, you know when you look at some of those and you can tell that they're the only questions and they just bash yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a thrill about not looking at monsters. Soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. <laughs> so what I'm really interested about this is that um, obviously Trent Reznor, a legend, and him and Atticus Ross's uh, work on this kind of stuff is also pretty iconic now. Um, but I've seen Bird Box and I thought the film was all right and I, I can't actually remember the soundtrack at all. Hmm. Weird. And normally you see some films, like when I saw the, the latest Halloween film, you just couldn't escape that Carpenter soundtrack. It sounded amazing. Like I was actually like, that was probably my favourite thing about the movie and I liked the movie very much. Um, but yeah, I didn't even notice the soundtrack. It was, it did, they, I couldn't remember any particular bits on it where... I felt like the music really brought something out of it. So I, I'm, I'm going to go and listen to this separately because I'm interested to see... Do you think <coughs> you were so minimalist. scared that you just that lost your wits? That my ears working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, maybe. No, I, I didn't think it was that scary, to be honest. But. I need to watch it. But it's one of those things that came out in that Christmas to New Year period that everyone was talking about. But also everyone was talking about the Bross documentary and I watched that. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that, that, if you have to, if anybody is sat here and they're going to make the choice of watching the Bird Box film or watching the Bross documentary, watch the Bross documentary. It is one of the best things I have ever seen. One of my favourite oh bits was about when he said that he liked to do martial arts with language. Language martial arts. <laughs> I don't even know That's not start. one of the bits that's been picked out and made into a meme, but it was one of my favourite bits. There's just so many. It's just, it's just honest to God. Just if, if for some reason you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's one of the best. It's honestly one of the best music documentaries ever made. It's I, very I was funny. trying to think of a better one, to be honest. It's, it's very funny, phenomenal. but I also was very caught up in the emotion. And the climax of the film was Bross performing together for the first time in years. And I was actually really rooting for them and felt quite emotional about it, even though so much of that film was hilarious. Even though Matt Goss was wearing the most atrocious stage gear I've ever seen. Tell you what, though. <laughs> I tell you what. Luke, obviously a metal fan. Yeah. Yeah, he was wearing he was a Soundgarden t-shirt. Soundgarden t-shirt and several other t-shirts. What was he wearing? Guns N' Roses uh, at one yeah, point. Yeah, he wore Guns N' Roses, I think. He said that he was influenced by Led Zeppelin, which made me laugh a little bit. That's mean. Well, you're in, well, you're in Bross. <laughs> Do you know but, what I mean? He can obviously play. I think he hadn't played for like 20 years or something. Or he said he hadn't, but he must have done some practice. But he can still obviously play. He's been too play. busy acting in Hellboy sequels. Yeah, exactly. But he was properly wearing metal t-shirts. So I was like, hmm. Well, there you go. good for them. So anyway, Bird Box out now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now go yeah go watch Bird Box but go watch Bros first it's so good I think it's called After the Screaming Stops or something yeah something like oh, that After the Screaming Stops yeah that. something yeah. like that um, very very good new Mastodon track incoming they're saying it's aggressive brutal brutal oh, is that the word they use I think so interesting yeah uh, excited about that it's been two years since Emperor of Sand now which is a phenomenal album I thought yeah I think you thought the same right? I did think the same lovely good yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, what do we want from Mastodon then? I kind of never know what to expect from them really, and I, I feel like um, I feel like Emperor of Sand was the kind of halfway point between uh, like kind of that crack the sky sound and what they were trying to do on Once More Around the Sun, which I didn't think was quite as good. That was more singly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, yeah, Mastodon's a funny one. My favorite. I just, want, about, I just want great Mastodon music. I guess. My favorite things about Mastodon are. 
weirdness. <laughs> okay. And vocal melody. And beats. riffs. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those things. I, I've just always loved the fact about Mastodon that they are really quirky. They will do something about the creature from the Black Lagoon. They will do something... Oh, I knew you'd find a way to mention that fucking song. You're obsessed with what, What's your problem with me liking something? No, no, nothing. It's just, it's, it's about a little, like, wet creature. So you like it. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Anything in water. And they do something the... about, you know, a Sasquatch. They do something... <laughs> I mean, I was going to point to the kind of real emotionally stirring material of the heartache on songs like Steam Breeder, which was heart rendering to the extent that it made me, it moved me to tears. And the whole of Crack the Sky as well. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, even The Hunter, really, which is a kind of bouncy single one, that had some very uh, deep stuff on it. Again, very beautiful about their family. You know, these, they're often writing about. Issues with their family, obviously, with uh, the last album, it was very much focused around cancer and how their mm. family had been affected there. This is massively deep emotional themes woven into all this brilliant, inventive, quirky music. Mm. Um, but, you know, even on Crack the Sky, that was so fantastic. You had the story about Rasputin in there. So it's like they just always managed to weave these amazing narratives that have so much heart and emotion in them. And I love the fact that all four members contribute vocally yeah, as well yeah, because yeah. it makes it feel like this unit which is so interesting yeah and they're, so, they're just such a unique band and they're kind of eccentric in the best way that's what I'm trying to say yeah, I don't mean that Mentioning as, people the, use the that creature. as a way to go yeah, they're mental but I don't mean that though. They're, they're just totally unpredictable and but I like the fact that a national treasure of metal that's I like the fact that it's natural they're not trying to be something they just are quirky yeah they are they are touring as well soon with Cabell Attack aren't they they are Utah, man. yeah that would be a hell of a show for sure um, what else is going on? Megadeth doing something on Friday. But what, Merlin? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. We speak to... Dave, that's, that's the announcement. We something speak to happening. Dave Mustaine in the new issue. We do. Good plug. Yeah. And he talks a bit about the Mega Cruise and how that's going to be different to other cruises because it's a cruise organised by Dave Mustaine, cruises. so that's weird. What is this with metal bands on boats everywhere? I don't get it. Yeah, he talks a bit about this coming year and a bit about what they've got coming up musically. But we don't know what's happening on Friday. He does talk about how there's some heavier stuff on the album, though. He, he, he kind of makes a joke about them having their first blast beat because they've got um, Matey Boy from Soilwork drumming for them now, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so hopefully some extreme shit I love Soilwork so much I love Soilwork too they are a great band that new album is also very good yeah it's a, again a bit of a curveball because it's obviously brought in the influences from the Night Flight they have yeah it's gone like cheesy bits yeah so that's quite different I wasn't sure about how I felt but then I, it kind of works again it's sort of trying to get those two halves of your brain to meet the yeah. half that it just wants Melodeth, soil work, and the half that's like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, totally. It's kind of the night flight bit. So. It's, it's weird. They're, I think they're one of those bands, soil work, that um, I think they're very well respected within the metal scene, but I still feel like they're very underrated. Um, I do When as you look well. at the kind of the great celebrated melodic death metal bands, you've kind of got In Flames and At The Gates are probably the two biggest guns. And then Dark Tranquility, quite rightly, get a lot of credit for helping to... Uh, kind of establish and influence that scene and then you've got bands like Arch Enemy who have become one of the biggest faces in the scene and of course you've got all the bands that are influenced by them Sawwork always kind of felt like a bit of a spare part in that I think from the outside I mean 
know um, what you mean. But they, but actually, if you want some of the best melodic death metal albums ever made, go listen to Chain Heart Machine and go listen to. Uh, I was going to say Stabbing the Drama as that, well. That's a great album as well. When that came out, that was total catnip for me. <laughs> it was Elnip. Amazing. Yeah, Stabbing the Drama. Um, I just love Stabbing the Drama. And Figure Number Five is great. Yeah. Like, they just, they've done tons of good Again, albums. Again, those hooks. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, Train Up Machine is good as well because that was before they kind of went down the more uh, predictable kind of chorusy cheesy route, which they're still amazing at. But um, um, yeah, Train Up Machine is more kind of uh, like old school, it's more, it's more groove heavy, it's a bit heavier. Um, yeah, it's really good. Anyway, they're a great band. Why are we talking about them? Oh, because <laughs> he's jumping on the. <laughs> their, 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 their former dude is jumping on the uh, Megadeth album, which is cool. Yeah. So hopefully, I feel, like, I feel like Megadeth are due a classic album now. They you tend to go in cycles. No, I liked it. I if anything, I kind of felt like they peaked. They, they kind of go in peaks and trust Megadeth, and I feel like um, they peaked again with Endgame, which was God ten years ago now, I think. Um, and then they thirteen was all right. Super Collider sucked, and then Dystopia was much better. So I'm kind of hoping they're on a good upwards flex now, and now this will be another classic in Megadeth album. We will see. Excited to hear it. Yeah. Um, we big. We just actually posted this on the Metal Hammer website, so we thought we'd talk about it here as well. Uh, obviously, always celebrating the best of new noise in each issue of Hammer. One of the bands we talk about is yet another brilliant metallic hardcore band from Holy Raw. We're going to call it Holy Rawcore now. Aren't we? Holy Rawcore. I think this is a but thing. But that isn't encompasses it? everything, not just. Yeah, not just hardcore itself. But yeah. Like all the post-black stuff they do. Yeah. And the everything stuff. that is kind of a bit noisy and new and modern and cool and cool yeah like one of the greatest labels going there's no doubt about it and uh, this band is Ithaca who a lot of people will probably have heard of um, quite a lot over the last few years because they've actually been around quite a while they released an EP uh, way back in 2015 called Trespassers which is really really good um, and they've taken a little while to kind of follow up from that they were, I mean they were, they were gigging around London and stuff loads I remember seeing them I think in like a unicorn in Camden way back um, and they, yeah, they've been on the scene for ages. They've taken a little while to get this album out because I think they've had some like, uh, I don't know whether it's internal issues or um, personal issues or whatever. But anyway, none of that matters now because they've got a new album out um, on February 1st called The Language of Injury, out via Holy Raw, and it's fucking great. If you like uh, kind of earnest, um, melodic, oh, I was going to almost say melodic, but heavy then. Melodic in all the right places, metallic hardcore in the vein of, uh, I think especially that last Svalbard album, it's kind of in that kind of vein, um, also for fans of vein. Uh, Code Orange, Loathe, um, kind of a bit of a run to Massey influence in there as well. Um, you will love this album, it's so, so good. Um, it crushes, uh, it's got these like nice little um, more melodic passages in it as well. Loads of different shades to it. Um, and as I say, if you're familiar with Holy Rot, you've probably got a, an idea of the kind of sound that they're, that they're sitting in. And I think it's one of the best things in that realm um, that's out there at the moment. Uh, you can listen to, I think they've released the title track and they released Slow Negative Order as well, which is a great song. The title track is really weighty. Right it's very weighty, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely great. crushes. Um, so yeah, they're just a brilliant young band. really happy for them to be, uh, to be getting um, some much-deserved attention now. And you can read an interview with them, courtesy of Matt Mills, uh, in the new issue of Metal Hammer, where they talk about um, what's taking them so bloody long to get this album out. It's really, really good. Go listen to it immediately. Well, 
Should we do some reader questions? Yes, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Where could people go if they want to join the readers group? You can come to this. this the readers group turned a year uh, a year old yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! Are we having happy a cake? birthday readers group? No, uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Hammer readers. Come on! How am I going to get nearly two thousand people cake? I'll eat it on their behalf. Okay, we can do that. That's yeah. fine. Uh, so yeah, thank you to, uh, to everyone, by the way, on that note, who's come and joined the Readers Group. It's a great little community. Um, we seem to have managed to amass a significant number of metal fans who are all quite nice and respectful of each other, which is good, isn't it? How about that? That's quite hard to manage these days. <laughs> uh, so yeah, do come join in the fun. Um, it's the best place to talk to all of us directly about the magazine, the podcast, everything else we're doing. We're always happy to talk to uh, any comments you've got about Metal Hammer, any, uh, you know thoughts you have, any concerns, whatever you like, um, and it kind of just self-manages now as well. People just are in there chatting about stuff. I saw a really good thread on uh, Classic Thrash today that people are going in on. So yeah, mm-hmm. come join in and ask us some questions such as this one from Bell Wilmot, Ben Wilmot, who asks, have you ever seen a band play and thought, this is the same set as two years ago with one or two songs off the latest albums you've honed in. You've got a great back catalogue, play some different songs. I think most bands probably do that really after a certain Yeah, point. because they know they have the crowd pleasers, set favourites. It's only really when you get like an evening with Machine Head or something, they'll bring out some older material. I think bands do tend to kind of rely on those ones people want to hear or hear, mm. and they just do that. I think... Um, but I, I, I can't think of any like specific examples where I found it annoying. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, uh, I mean, we talk about um, Ozzy, obviously, he's on the cover of the new issue, um, and I think he's definitely guilty of not mixing it up when it comes to his solo set list. I can't mm. remember the last time I saw Ozzy play a set that dropped something in where I was like, holy shit. He, lo- he dropped um, Shot in the Dark out of the set for a few years, so when he brought that back in, that was really cool. But um, in fact, the last couple of times I've seen him, Zach Wilde has done a kind of uh, a jam of like as a, an instrumental jam as he was off stage at this point of um, like classic Zach Wilde era Aussie tracks from the very late 80s and early 90s um, which broke my heart in a way because he started playing Perry Mason and I was like oh my god they're going to do Perry Mason I don't believe it and then you realise it's actually just an extended jam and they threw in like Desire and I think Miracle Man they threw in there um, yeah and that sucks because I was really hoping they'd do the full songs so I can't remember the last time I saw Ozzy throwing anything different at all. Mm. But I think if you look at Metal's really big guns, like Metallica and Maiden, um, both make an effort to change stuff up. Metallica tend to throw in a couple of... In fact, last told, last told me this when I did the cover feature a few years ago. Um, he will look specifically at what songs Metallica have played in different territories and he'll throw in ones that haven't been played there for a while. Yeah, Ruby said that, which really is cool. really cool, yeah. And Maiden obviously tend to go through cycles of a new album set list, which will have some great hits sprinkled in as well. Then they'll do a kind of more nostalgic set list. I mean, the last set list that Maiden did was had about four songs that I'd never seen them play before. Mm. Um, so you definitely can't accuse them of, you know, being lazy with their sets. But yeah, it's pretty normal for an established band to do greatest hits plus new songs, I think. Yeah, and you kind of hope more people do people do more than one or two songs off the latest album like I'm trying to think what I've seen recently I saw if Clutch, it's good yeah I saw Clutch just before Christmas I'm pretty sure they had more than one or two songs from a new record I remember thinking there were like five or six in there it was quite a lot it was quite a long set and when we saw Trivium last year Hammer mm. sponsored Trivium tour 
Oh, I had yes. quite a few from the Cinema Sentence, which is great because I love that record. I'm pretty sure that was like maybe five or something. Ghost had a lot of Not just, new not stuff just one well, or two, they? because you do want to hear that new stuff as well. It's not just about playing some of those ones buried in the recesses of time. If you're really loving a new album, it's really nice to just go along and hear the new stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw Maiden, talking about Maiden again, I saw Maiden um, play A Matter of Life and Death in Full when that had just come out, just for the, just for the fun of it. <laughs> It was, it's a great album, but it, it didn't probably have quite the same level of um, goodwill that that new tribute album had, for instance. I think everyone knew Tribute put out a classic album last, uh, well, at the end of 2017. So everyone was kind of up for those new tracks, but that was quite excessive by, uh, by Maiden. I liked it though, because I'm a pathetic fanboy. <laughs> You're allowed to be. You're wearing oh, no Maiden shirt today. No, no Maiden shirt Holy today. Holy Raw shirt today. Oh, actually, yeah, we're speaking about Holy Raw. I'm actually wearing their David Brent Holy Raw t shirt today. <laughs> so, there we go. Give a bit of pointless information for everybody. Let me do the next reader question. Okay. This is from <laughs> Brendan Crabb. And I can't answer this, you'll have to answer it. Oh. Which NXT superstar will threaten to destroy Merlin at this year's Downloads? <laughs> So who's going to destroy you? So basically, the context for this is uh, I got asked to um, do a kind of Metal Hammer meets NXT. NXT for people that don't know is WWE's kind of uh, developmental um, uh, company where like the stars of tomorrow come. Like an incubator. Exactly. So it's got its own TV show and stuff. You can uh, watch it online and on the network they've got. Um, and uh, I did an interview with the, the then champion, who's Alistair Black, who's basically the most metal wrestler ever. Um, uh, he's, he's into like proper, like dark, heavy shit. Um, his music has like this kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, like Transylvanian vampire punk theme. Um, he's, he's the most metal wrestler that's ever walked out there. Even, uh, he's more metal than The Undertaker. That's how metal Alistair what? Black is. Anyway, I did an interview with him in the NXT ring at Download last year. And uh, I made a, and so when you do this kind of stuff, first of all, they don't tell you about how stiff the ring ropes are. So I had to walk down this rampway with music playing, with this kind of metal hammer sting playing in the background where everyone kind of like politely looked at me <laughs> in the crowd around the ring. Got up the steps, made an absolute tear of myself trying to get in the ring because those ropes are so stiff. Like you think they're going to like just bounce down? over them or under them? I went through them. Right, so over the like the yeah. middle one. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Alistair Black's... Uh, I introduce Alistair Black, he comes down to the ring, and then um, and he comes and whispers to me while his music's too, still playing, and he kind of goes, oh, this belt's really heavy, you know? And I kind of go, oh, I'll take it for you if you want. And then he, and he got on the mic and he goes, what did you just say? Cut the music. What did you just say? And I'm just like, I've got no... I've had no prior warning he's going to, like, cut a promo on me or anything like that. And then he says in front of all these people... This dude just said he wants to take my belt off me. Do you think we should have a match here right now? And everyone starts going, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, wait a minute, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of you. Why are you, please don't hurt me. Because he's big as that's well. what wrestling does. That's shit big. Staring, isn't it? It is. And it was scary. You're just going to so, snap yeah. your arms off like twigs. Oh my God, it was And it then was your terrifying. legs. I honestly thought he was going to kick the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Velveteen Dream. I'd like to. I'd like to interview him. That would be amazing. Can I'm calling explain, him out. Can you explain who he is? So. Because um, that sounds like the name of a children's rabbit. <laughs> yeah, Velveteen maybe. Dream. That sounds like the Velveteen Rabbit had a dream. That's a very poetic name for a rabbit. So if you imagine someone has the Rock's charisma, but funneled through a kind of um, Prince-like gimmick, as in Prince the music artist, okay. not like Prince. 
So it's that like kind of flamboyant. Super flamboyant. Yeah. Really like artistic. Um, yeah, he's awesome. I'd what like do, what's his costume like? Like all, normally like purple, kind of draped in like like a bandana, like a big necklace, like big snazzy gla- like Elton John looking glasses, okay. and um, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm calling him out. <laughs> It's going to snap your arms like twigs oh, then and then... And then beat me with him like I was going to say, tie you up in velvet tapes <laughs> or something. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Um, Jeremy asks, with Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer and Anthrax being the USA Big Four, what would you would you rank them in now? This isn't the question, I'm just asking. Hey, what... In my order of preference, or the order that I think they're biggest... No, your in, preference. My, well, my preference is Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax. Yeah. Mine's Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax. So, that's not too different. Different is it? lists for different needs. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing his office T-shirt and has suddenly gone David Brent. Sorry. Anyway, the actual question is: Who would the UK's big four of thrash be? Um, goes without saying that the the UK thrash scene never quite as uh, prolific or certainly as big as the US one. But there were some pretty legendary names in there. Sabbath. Iconic name of the UK thrashing, Dreamweaver's a classic album. Um, I've written down Acid Rain as well, um, Onslaught and Zentrix. Mm-hmm. They'd make a kind of solid big four of thrash, I think. But then I also thought, I don't know if you can put Lawnmower Death in there because they're, they're daft, so I don't know if that disqualifies them. They're, but a, lot, they are they're still... a lot of fun, but no one ever said that you couldn't be fun and also be a band. This is true. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're a funny one. They're kind of... And also, they still go. Uh, they still a band that will come to someone like Bloodstock and grab a massive crowd, and you know, have a lot of people talking about them. Uh, and then also thought, you, you know, you should probably consider some um, modern UK bands because way before we had, you know, Power Trip ruling the world, uh, we had bands like Gamma Bomb and Evil, who were mm-hmm. who were a really big deal at, at a certain point. And Gamma Bomb put out a new album last year that was really good. Um, I think Evil are working on a new album as well, from what I remember. Mm. Uh, so yeah. UK has some solid thrash, I think. There you go. <laughs> Let's do another question. Go on Scott Situmpel asks, I've had this idea for a metal band that sings cooking recipes. What are your thoughts and opinions? I didn't know that what Rubbish. that question was going to say until I got to the middle of it. Rubbish. No, I quite like it because no. I like to listen to music in my... Didn't kitchen. someone do this with a Fernand Salmo cartoon? I don't know. Five minutes on low. Remember that? No. Oh, I, I think I'm going mad. I'm sure someone did a cooking with financial my thing. No, I think it was a dream you had, a velveteen dream. No, <laughs> fuck's sake. I um I would like it because I actually like to listen to music when I'm cooking. <clears throat> Excuse me, because otherwise, you know, you can get a bit bored. I'm not like massively into cooking, but okay, what is that? Cooking hostile. Oh yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, it was a thing. It was a thing. So anyway, someone's done it, Scott. So. No, but I like it because okay. I like to be in my kitchen and have some music on for a bit of company and cook. So if I could, but you know, I always have the problem where if I'm following a recipe on my phone, I have to keep getting my phone out, unlocking it, using it as a timer, using it to read a recipe. If I could have a song that was timed exactly, that won't work. it was timed exactly to do all the different. Well, so it's just stops for twenty minutes while it's cooking and then comes. No, it would just be an extended instrumental or something. No, and it would just last for the duration of. The thing I was cooking. It wouldn't work. It would. It wouldn't because would. you'd have to make sure that you're chopping up and putting the ingredients in. I don't know why I'm going so far on this question. Exactly in time with how the lyrics yeah, are Yeah, but they would like, 
like they would leave a so bit. So you have to be like they'd leave a bit of gift. Chuck your onion pudding in the pan. Like, yeah, and then they would just do, that do like yeah, but no, then they would just do like a solo or an instrumental. Well, so while you're chopping the onion, it's like chop, chop. Yeah, chub, exactly. Chub. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in on this at all. Sorry. I want it. Well, if Scott puts his band together, you can review it. Okay. So I'd have to review it while making the food in the kitchen. Please don't. No, that's no. You can't do that. Why not? <laughs> well, so you're going to review and cook and listen at the same time. Yeah, because the part of the review would be how well I could cook to the song. And then I can eat the food and decide if it works. But if you're going to do this, Scott, I don't want a seafood recipe, okay? Because I don't eat fish. Oh, for fuck's sake. Just throw it out there. Right. Um, Will Russell asks uh, with news of HMV and FOP going into administration. I didn't know FOP had gone into administration as well. No. I know that there was a link between them being the same company, that the people who owned HMV also owned FOP. Oh. But I thought they were separate businesses despite that. So I don't know if that's true. I know that HMV is. But you can have you can have the same owners of different companies and one company no, they are, they is are, in administration. I'm just clicking it up and there's, um, there's kind of like local news uh, sites so saying that the future of FOP in their okay. area is uncertain. I have to look into oh, that. Oh, shit. I used to love FOP. Family. FOP was where... Um, oh, it's a dream. FOP was where I got into all... Uh, when I first got into like Maiden and Priest and Sabbath and all those bands, FOP was where I went and kind of collected all their albums a bit. Like, exactly the same uh, Every time me. I got paid for because the job at the time, I'd go into town and... Um, like twice a month and just stock up on whichever album it was before you could really get stuff online so you'd go in there and they'd have all these classic albums that you'd heard mentioned for a fiver and it was great because you could just go and get them and listen to them and it felt like you were really discovering things and listening to these legendary records that you hadn't heard before for a fiver exactly I mean I remember that you could uh, they had albums in there for a quid like brand new albums I went in there and got um, the way I got into Dio was because um, I had I had Heaven and Hell, but I didn't have any of his solo stuff at the time. And I went to Fop and they had uh, um, they had his live album, I can't remember what it's called, Evil of Divine or something. Um, and it was a quid, so I thought, oh, I'll just give this a go. And that got me into Dio, and then I went and checked out his Rainbow stuff. Mm. Um, I got into Wasp, who are one of the most underrated and brilliant heavy metal yeah, bands of all time, them. by the way. Fucking love that band. Got into them because one of their albums was in Fop for a quid. Um, and yeah, and quite personally, Will Russell asks, uh, what can we do to keep record stores alive? How relevant are they to the metal scene? And what does the metal scene need on the high street? Oh, it's really tough, isn't it? Because I like the fact, for me, I always come back to this, but I think it's good when there's visibility for metal, whether that's on the radio, on the television, online. And if there are shops that stock music, you want metal to be part of that because you want it to have visibility. I always think so many people would get into metal if they could just hear it without that prejudice of thinking, I'm not going to like it. Yeah. But you, and you just Definitely. kind of want some visibility and some people to kind of maybe think, oh, you know, I thought it wasn't for me, but maybe I'll give it a try. So that's important for me. I think if shops do go, there's a little bit of visibility that goes there and that makes me sad. But I also have to say that I do listen to the majority of my music online. If I am out somewhere and go past a record shop that looks cool, mm-hmm that looks interesting, I might go in it and have a look and see what's in there. If I'm in another country, I'm especially likely to do that. Um, yeah, but I think local record stores yeah. is a really important thing. You know, obviously in London, uh, Crypt of the Wizard opened, um, I think, a couple of years ago now or something, mm-hmm. maybe more than that. 
uh, and that's been really successful. That's already become like a real um, destination. People who are into metal and come into town are probably going to go and visit because they've heard about it and they want to go and check it out. That's like a destination place to go. Yeah, exactly. So I think definitely supporting local record stores is always important. And uh, and yeah, it's funny when you're in other when you're in uh, when I'm in uh, in another. Um, city, I always try to make a point of going into record stores and picking stuff up. Yeah, it whether just it's like a like massive one, like you know, Amoeba in LA or uh, just kind of a more local one. Seems like it's more of a novelty, I guess. I mean, we do live in London, so it's massive. So you kind of just go about your day, just not really thinking about it. But if you're specifically in another city or traveling, it's one of those things that is nice to do because you don't know what you're going to find in there. Mm. And I know that when it comes to HMV, there was that quite snidey Guardian article that, um, mm. understandably, I've said to lots of people, and it, and it's a hard one because, you know, I, I I do I do buy stuff in HMV. I go down the um, the Oxford Street one every so often. Often when I'm buying presents for people or um, I'm after a specific I don't know bit of merch or uh, vinyl that I haven't seen around or something like that. Um, but. Uh, at the same time, like I can't say that I was going there every week and yeah. and supporting it to the extent where I could be justified sitting here saying, you know, it's a disgrace that it's going to administration again. But I don't know. Like, and also the thing that with HMB that I think a lot of people forget, people just assume it's some kind of like mainstream um, hoisting like brand, but no, it's not because if you go in there, metal is really highlighted in there. Like you get like like underground bats like. Bands like Conjure and stuff like that yeah. picked out, and like their records Displayed. are actually put out on display and like highlighted, which is really cool. I think the thing about the Guardian piece you mentioned that was a bit sad as well was that it said the people in there didn't have any knowledge of music. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, which is bullshit. I've been into HMB countless times growing up, and all the people had a lot of knowledge of music, and I'm sure the same as me. You've known a lot of people who've worked there. Exactly, yeah, loads of metalheads. Massively, used to work massively, there. massively, massively, massively into that music, and chose that as their job because they wanted to spend all day listening to music, talking about music. So that was very strange to read because most people with a passing knowledge of HMV would know that they always had specialist sections and specialist people who were looking after those sections. Definitely. If you are if you were a metal fan growing up and you used to go to HMV to, to get your music, you would always spot the metalheads that weren't there. Yeah. There would always be a guy or a girl with tattoos, piercings, Definitely, you're like you take one look at them and they, they definitely know what I'm looking for. Yeah, like, that was just a part of the process. And then you go down to the basement and you realise you've gone to the classical section. It was all like yeah. very soft lit and temperature controlled, and everyone was very calm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, yeah oh, it's a funny one, isn't it? You kind of want you want there to be a bit of something out there on the high street, but you know, equally, I acknowledge that me and a lot of other people we do listen to stuff online now because things have changed in that way and it's just mm. very accessible so I guess it's a mixture and a balance is, is good really yeah and, and try and support your local record shops if you can as well um, because I think that's you know that's where the heart of metal in particular is always going to be and there are some great places out there really doing uh, good things to support metal let's take one more question shall we okay Mel <laughs> Adam Boone says who will be the next band to call it a day and announce a farewell tour oh why would you end what do we have to end on this it's miserable well, not if you hope it's a band you don't like. Oh, you mean I could use it to knock out a band I don't yeah, like? Yeah, you have the power. Mm. 
I am, no, I'm joking. Uh, I live, <laughs> shut up. I live in fear every day that I make the Nicolette on that tour, farewell tour. Not because I think they are, I'm pretty sure they're going to have at least another album cycle in yeah, they seem pretty. From what um, Steve Harris has said. And they seem the pretty energetic and, and excited about everything, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I, I think we've got Maiden for a little while, yeah. I think Metallica aren't going anywhere for a while. Um, I'm still a bit worried about what's going on with Machine Head. You know, like, obviously they're not, yeah, they're not breaking up like people were thinking because, you know, it's still going to be a band, but I, I don't know what Rob's going to do with it next, you know. Yeah, so, you never know. I, 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 I'm really rooting for Rob, I think. I think, I, I agree. I'm worried about what's happened with Machine Head and it leaves me... With how the last album was, I know you liked it more I than I did, it, yeah. but I definitely feel like if the if the belly has now fallen out of Machine Head, what is that next Machine Head album going to sound like? Mm. Because I'm I don't from from what it looks like, it looks like Rob was calling a lot of the shots, which is understandable because it's it's always going to be his baby. Um, but I just think I don't know. I I kind of think the stuff I didn't like on the last Machine Head album came from Rob a lot. And so that leaves me worried about right. what the next step will be. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a dude who has had his back to the wall many, many times over the years. And he's often come out with some of the best music of his whole career. Yeah. So if they can bounce Don't back bounce from that... Bin, exactly, exactly. If they can bounce back from that Big Naughty's um, episode with Through the Ashes of Empires, I'm pretty sure they can bounce back again. So we're rooting for Machine Head. We believe in Machine Head. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who's going to call it a day I mean no. Judas Priest have announced a farewell tour in the past and then just carried on yeah <laughs> that, that's classic so we'll see and they just released their best album in about well nearly three decades so yeah. they're on fire obviously we know that Ozzy is on a farewell tour but we don't know when his final shows will be you just don't know really do you no Slayer I think are the first metal band that have come along that have kind of done it at a point where if they really wanted to Slayer could probably go for another 10 years but they've mm. decided not to whereas the flip side of that is that you've got someone like Motorhead <clears throat> and they literally went until Lemmy died yeah you know so you, you just don't know who fucking knows hopefully no one I want everyone to last forever <laughs> and that's That'd how we nice. it <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody for listening don't forget to rate us rate us rate us rate us if you rated us before on iTunes go do it again um, tell your friends tell them about the greatest metal podcast in the world and uh, yeah carry on giving us your great support because we much appreciate it what are we doing tonight Merlin? we're going to see bloody Aquaman Yay! and we're not going to review it on the podcast actually <laughs> next week because that's not our job uh, we will unveil the Aussie bundle very soon in the meantime go pick up that new issue and um, stay metal I guess no, I'm not going to say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>